From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. We're all under a lot of stress, and it's tempting to soothe ourselves with nothing but comfort food, but that may backfire. I'll connect with a medical student who has an interest in nutrition and will walk us through some simple recipes. But first, Julie Mellon is with me by phone. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist and a certified diabetes educator at Upstate. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So is that true? Um, I'm not the only one that's craving comfort food at this point? Uh, I think, you know, with stress and worry, and uh, it's definitely going to be a craving for comfort food. Now, they call them comfort foods for a reason, right? You eat macaroni and cheese, it may, you feel better while you're eating it, right? <laughs> I think probably everybody's different with whatever comfort food they have. But, um, yes, macaroni and cheese is probably a popular one. Um, so I think, you know, this, this is such a trying time. This is unprecedented. So really focusing on doing the best you can with trying to keep healthy. And you have kids maybe that haven't been home, so you have to feed more mouths. So um, I think it's important to try to focus on getting that nutrition in there and um, trying to be a lot more flexible in, in your, I guess, your eating what sorts of foods do you recommend um, during times of stress? Are there certain things that we should maybe make an extra effort to get into our diet? So I think really just focusing on just a well-balanced diet. Um, a big supporter of the Mediterranean-style eating and trying to get you know your fruit and vegetables, your whole grains, some good lean protein in there, um, and trying to eat regularly, trying to... You know, have your, you know, whatever your pattern is, but three meals, some healthy snacks. Uh, there's going to be a lot of downtime now, it's, you know, for a lot of kids and a lot of people. So getting outside a little bit, maybe trying to get some fresh air, getting some exercise, probably the best thing for stress management, even if it's just a walk, just a practice like deep breathing, mindfulness, those things I think are going to come into play a lot more um, as we're cooped up more. Are there uh, particular foods that you think would be good snacks for kids or, or teens, bearing in mind that our trips to the grocery store are necessarily limited? Oh, yes, they're limited, and what you can get is limited. So I think, I mean, I've been to the grocery stores. People are kind of buying what they can. They're trying to be resourceful. They're buying, maybe trying to stock up. But for kids, um, yeah, they're home more, and they're hearing a lot of this stuff, and I'm sure it's stressful for everybody, um, but trying to focus on, again, a lot of those just, you know, trying to keep the snacks part of a food group, like whole grain cereal, uh, maybe some yogurt, whole wheat bread and peanut butter, cheese and crackers, those types of things can be um, a little bit more healthy. They are at least covering a couple of different food groups. I try to like to have snacks, at least two food groups represented for snacks, maybe three for meals, so, you know, meat, vegetable, grain, something like that, but trying to focus on that type of stuff. Um, and those sound like items that not only kids and teens, but adults and seniors could eat well as well. Right, and, you know, with the times of storage and having foods that are available and in pantry items, maybe people will be using a little bit more of those than then, you know, trying to find fresh meat at the grocery store was really difficult over the past week. So relying on you know, um, 
your legumes for protein or eggs for protein. So eggs, if people have fresh eggs, um, legumes, uh, cans of beans tend to be in everyone's pantry, right? Yeah, absolutely. Canned soups. I mean, there's lentil soup, black bean soup, you know, any, those types of things. And you can fortify those, too. You know, if you have canned vegetables or frozen vegetables in your freezer and you want to open up a can of soup and make that more healthful by adding in adding in maybe some fresh vegetables or if you had leftover chicken somewhere and you put that into your soup. So you can kind of take those things that you have maybe in your pantry and expand that and make them more healthful and more more satisfying too, more filling if you're running low on food. Now I've always heard that when you eat, you should try to have um, carb, protein, and fat with every meal. So can you just sort of get creative with what you have as long as you've got some protein, carb, and fat? Right. So that's where you get your calories from, your carbohydrate, your protein, your fat. Um, so, you know, your different food groups are, are usually a combination of those. So, for example, your um, so if you're planning a meal, you want to kind of think of those things. So if you wanted to carbohydrate like a, a whole, whole wheat pasta or or just plain pasta, and you want to get a protein in there. It doesn't have to be meat. It could be an egg or beans, um, and then vegetables, obviously, lots of varieties there. Uh, I know everyone has their favorites, but this is a time where, you know, you might not have whatever someone likes to eat, and you kind of have to make do with what you've got. Are there, do you have any advice for making something more palatable if if you're not really excited to eat it? <laughs> Maybe some spices, sweetening it up a little bit. Um, it's tough. You know, you don't want to eat things that you don't like, but then, you know, depending on how 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 much resources you have, um, you're going to have to make do a little bit. And like I said, I think probably being flexible and, and trying that to encourage the kids especially to be a little bit flexible and realize that there might not be the things that they're used to having um, or they're going quicker. So there's, I have a lot of mouths to feed, so in my house, you know, the pantry was stocked, and now there's nothing to eat. They're all complaining that there's nothing to eat, so it's tough. Well, during times of stress, uh, do you hear about more people eat overeating or undereating? Are there people that just are so nervous they can't eat? I think there's... I think you're going to see both. Um, you know, people will eat when they're bored or when they're stressed and for an, and many other emotional reasons, and then some people get so stressed that they just don't eat. Um, so I think, you know, trying to, you know, there's a whole mindful eating where you try to want to, you know, if your emotions are causing you to either overeat or undereat, trying to kind of pay attention to that, maybe recognize that that is happening and, um, if you're overeating, obviously that's going to run into more health complications if you're going to gain weight and not and not being able to get to a gym or do the exercise that maybe you're used to. So trying to be a little bit more mindful, eating when you're hungry, enjoying the food that you have as best you can, um, enjoying the sight and smell of the food. So let me ask you, grocery shopping these days is a little dicey. When you get there, they may not have what you're looking for. But let me just uh, have you do this imagination you go into the grocery store what should I be looking for and what should I grab if I see 
So uh, I was in the grocery store several times and did that whole perimeter of the store, and I was focusing on um, some produce, and and I walked the perimeter, which is where you're going to find a lot of the stuff that's missing, so all the fresh meats and chicken. I was looking for that. Um, when I was seeing that that wasn't there, my mind was racing, okay, I have all my kids home. How am I going to make sure that we can come up with some meals that they will eat? Pasta, rice. And then I went down to, like, look for tuna and canned goods, soup, beans, things like that. So freezer, frozen food. I was surprised the produce was readily accessible. Um, just it was really a lot of that fresh stuff. And then when I got to the pasta aisle, there wasn't very much left. So we kind of look at other grains. Was there quinoa? Was there? So we have to experiment with some things that maybe we're not used to eating just to um, – eat because that's what's available you mentioned tuna i hadn't even thought about that but yes of course yeah that's in the can they have canned salmon there's so many options so yeah it's not the the norm for what you know my family might be used to eating but you have to make a new norm i guess when you're pushed against the wall to do so is there anything to sort of just avoid i mean we started out talking about comfort food and it'd be tempting to grab i don't know the twinkies or the chips or whatever but I mean, are those things that really, at this time, don't bring them in your house because you're just going to eat them? I don't think that that's necessary ever. I mean, I don't think anything's off limits. Um, there's always room for the Twinkie or whatever, ice cream or whatever it is that you want. But, um, you know, I always say get those good foods in there first as best you can and um, don't overdo the other stuff. But I think just, you know, I think it's important to still try to maintain some kind of physical activity um, because you're right, we're going to be more sedentary because just our day-to-day activities are not the same. You know, just getting up and going to school or going to work and those things burn calories. And now if you're sleeping in and staying up late and not, you know what I mean? It's going to be, I think, a bigger challenge um, to stay healthy with that in place. Thank you to Julianne Mellon. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist at Upstate. And now I'll turn to Natalie Antosh. She's a fourth-year medical student at Upstate. And earlier this year, she spoke to HealthLink on air about a new nutrition elective that she's been working on and got added to the medical school curriculum here. She agreed to return to HealthLink on air, and she's going to walk us through a few simple recipes you can put together if you're staying in. Thank you for being here, Natalie. Thank you for having me. So we heard from registered dietitian nutritionist Julianne Mellon about making a new norm and how you might end up needing to eat foods that you're not that familiar with because that's all that's readily available. So I wanted to have you uh, give us some meal ideas. What have you come up with? Yeah, for sure. So I came up with three different recipes. Um, So what I'm going to talk about today um, is trying to use ingredients uh, of things that – people will have like readily available in their pantry. Um, so I'm going to talk about a pasta recipe, um, a chili recipe, and a lentil soup. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I can start off by talking about the pasta recipe. Um, this one is probably the most simple of the three, but they're all pretty simple. Um, so for the pasta recipe, basically, um, if you are able to find it in the store, I know that sometimes pasta has been... Um, heavily picked over, but, you know, you want to try to focus on your whole grains as much as possible. So if you're able to find whole wheat pasta, that's even better. 
And you're going to follow the instructions on the, the packaging and how to cook that. So you're going to need a pot. Now, um, can, let, me, let, me, let me interrupt for sorry, one minute. There's so many different pastas out there. Does it matter if I get like a spaghetti or an elbow or a, is there one that works better or worse? No, whatever texture or size you like best. Okay. Um, I usually go with the angel hair just because it cooks really quickly. And so if you're, um, you know, on a time restraint because you're working from home and things like that, um, that's usually the quickest to cook. It usually takes like three minutes or something like that. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so if you follow the instructions on the packaging and how to cook the pasta, you can do that in one pot. And um, you can add a little bit of salt to that as well um, to help flavor the pasta while it's cooking. Um, and so while that's cooking on the side, um, so I'm a vegetarian, so I'll go, go ahead and give one example for what vegetarians could do and then another example for what meat eaters could do. Okay. So if you're a vegetarian, um, there's something called tempeh, which is a fermented soy product. Um, and it has a, it can stay in the fridge for several months before the expiration date. Um, and what I like to do is I take a, um, thing of tempeh and I crumble it up. Um, and then I saute it in a pan with, you know, some, pepper um, and if you have like paprika or cayenne pepper something like that you can sprinkle that on top as well and then saute that with some olive oil um, for a few minutes until you see that it starts turning like a golden brown color um, and then after that you can just add some pasta sauce to it let that simmer um, or if you don't have the tempeh uh, but you have access to some red lentils you could also simmer the red lentils and some pasta sauce to add some protein as well um, for meat eaters, if you have like some frozen ground turkey, um, you could defrost that and, um, and saute that with some olive oil and seasoning like pepper and paprika or cayenne pepper. Um, try to use ground turkey though as opposed to ground beef if you have access to it just because um, you want to use that lean protein. It's a lot healthier for you. Um, but whatever you have access to is good as well during this time. Um, and then if you have access to like fresh or frozen vegetables, um, I like to add like broccoli, mushrooms, spinach, zucchini, something like that. And those are also really good frozen too. Um, and you can saute that as well once the meat or the tempeh is done cooking. Um, and then you just add the sauce and mix it together with the pasta. It's pretty easy. All righty. And chili is kind of similar to that, but without the pasta, right? Yeah. So that's going to be the next one I'll talk about. Um, so in order to make, like, four to six servings of chili, you're going to need a large pot, um, and one onion, some garlic, um, and then if you have access to fresher frozen vegetables, uh, that would be great. Um, some vegetables that I like to include are bell peppers, carrots, celery, corn, zucchini, or mushrooms. So if you have any of those or any other vegetables. Um, and then again, you could do the same thing. If you're a vegetarian, you can crumble some tempeh, um, or if you're a meat eater, ground turkey is, you know, can be an addition, but the beans also have a lot of protein. Um, so you could just saute all of those things beforehand before adding the beans. Um, and you'll just chop them up, um, put them in the, the pot with some olive oil and some salt and pepper. Um, and then once those are done being sautéed, you can add uh, a can of pinto beans and two cans of black beans or whatever combination of beans you have. But 
in order to make four to six servings, around three cans of beans, um, and then a large can of diced tomatoes, like a 28-ounce can or two smaller cans. Um, and you'll use the juice from the diced tomatoes as well. Um, so then you can add those all together in the pot, so it's just a one-pot kind of recipe. Um, then add, like, two cups of either vegetable or chicken broth or whatever you have, or water if you don't have it. Um, and then, you know, spice it however you can, um, depending on what spices you have in the cabinet. I like either salt, pepper, chili powder, cumin, paprika, oregano. If you have taco seasoning, that's usually a combination of those uh, spices. You could use that as well. And then if you have some type of, like, lemon juice or a little bit of vinegar to add some acidity, that would definitely, like, bring it all together. And the lentil soup? So in order to make enough for four servings, you just need um, an onion and garlic. You can saute that up uh, into some olive oil and then just add whatever vegetables you have, which would be like fridge clearing soup, either fresh or frozen veggies. And you're just going to add a cup of uh, brown or green lentils and boil that with the veggies and like four cups of broth or water. Um, And then if you have some diced tomatoes, you can add that as well, one or two cans of tomatoes. And then spice it however you're able to. Um, I like cumin, curry powder, salt and pepper. And then if you have some type of grain like barley or quinoa or rice, you can cook that according to the package instructions and put the soup over it. It's really good. If you want to extend it, can you add water to just make so that you have more of it? Sure, yeah. You could add some more water or broth. Um, you can also add some more lentils as well if you want to. Um, increase like the protein and increase the number of servings for sure. Well, thank you so much to fourth-year medical student Natalie Antosh and also to Upstate Registered Dietitian Nutritionist Julie Mellon. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.